Art Ladders, the Creative Climb is sponsored by Golden Apple Studio and Residency. Artists and writers, have you ever dreamed of a place where for two glorious weeks, you would be provided with your own studio along the rugged Atlantic coast, allowing you to dedicate 100% of your time and energy to your creative pursuits? And does your dream also include private little seaside cottages for your rest and relaxation? All of this and much more can be found at Golden Apple Art Residency, located in Down East, Maine. Contact Director Shelley Stevens at snstevens at goldenapplestudio.com. That email is snstevens, S-T-E-V-E-N-S, at goldenapplestudio.com for more information. You can check out their website at goldenapplestudio.com. Shelley is now scheduling for summer of 2023. Be proactive and get some information from her now. Partial scholarships are also available. This is not a dream, it's real. And if you are an artist looking for some time for yourself to move forward in your career, Golden Apple is waiting for you. Welcome to Art Ladders, The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. This podcast is focused on interviews, features, and stories about art. It's for artists and art lovers. I'm Val. I'm the abstract artist in the group, joined by Armin, the realist. Welcome to Art Ladders, The Creative Climb. Normally with myself, Armin Mersman, and my partner and wife, Valerie Allen. But today I'm going to interview Val Allen uh, about her career as an artist and uh, want you to get to know us a little bit better. It's a new podcast. And I know we've talked bits and pieces, but I think today I'd like to do a concentrated interview with Val and uh, how she became an artist and, and her journey so far. Uh, so hello, Val, how are you? Great, Armin. Good to see you via Zoom. So we're going to talk a little bit about your uh, life as an artist up to this point and further on. Uh, so let's start off in the beginning, as we always do. So when did you know you wanted to become an artist and what were your early days like as a child growing up with your interest in the arts? Okay, that's a great question. And and we've talked a little bit about it on this podcast before with different artists and we've compared notes. But mm -hmm. for me, it all started um, back basically with my grandparents who were pretty much uh, makers of everything, you know, gardening, sewing, cooking. And so at a very early age, my grandmother was having me do all of those things. And I grew up in Southern Ohio. So in Southern Ohio, everybody was a member of 4-H clubs. And a lot of you folks out there will remember those kinds of groups. And so we would do crafts and art and all of the different uh uh, home style design projects that you could think of. I wasn't one of the 4-H'ers that that uh, raised sheep or horses. I was the 4-H'er who would, you know, invent decorative deviled eggs, <laughs> things like that. 
<laughs> so by about the third grade, then my teachers started taking note of my art. And it was mainly based around holidays, uh, Thanksgiving in particular. And so I would draw these elaborate scenes of Thanksgiving uh, get togethers with the Native Americans and the pilgrims and everybody one big happy family. So that's when I first really started thinking uh, that I had some talent in the art world so <laughs> at third grade. <laughs> think you uh, were more of a maker at that time. And what about the concept of, of creating art, making art, or was it just very natural making things and and uh, those kind of endeavors. Oh, that's that's good. I, uh, I I would consider myself definitely a maker at that time because it would involve not only drawing and and small paintings, but I started really getting into wood carving. This is a little bit later, around seventh grade. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, wood carving, and then and then the wood carving then led to wood blocks. And led on to printmaking. So it was like one um, little area that I would learn would lead to something else. And it would all kind of circle back to fine art. Were your uh, parents supportive of you making things? Or was there, were there artists in your lineage? Were there artists, like grandparents or things? You said they were makers. They were definitely makers, especially my, well, both my grandfather and my grandmother. Uh, she was a wonderful seamstress and quilter and, and cook and the whole uh, household type talent. While my grandfather was more of the nature and the gardening and woodworking and building and coming up with solutions for problems. Both of them did that all the time. So it, um, it led me to not only do two-dimensional art, but I was getting into little scenes out in nature where I would collect moss and build little villages. But it was a really, really wonderful childhood in that regard. Okay. Now, uh, you have a brother and, you're, and a sister. Your, your uh, brother was, is just a little bit younger than you. And uh, so you kind of grew up, the pair of you together. That's right. Uh, did you share any of that artistic uh, endeavor, <laughs> talent or whatever with your brother or were you, did you guys go in different directions? There? We definitely, we were very close in age, I think about 15 months apart. And we definitely had our separate interests, uh, not to keep us apart or anything. My parents just really uh, encouraged him into the athletic world. And then I was encouraged in the music and art world. So yeah, we definitely had two different interests, but it's funny now that we're older, our interests have uh, kind of aligned and crossed over and he is, has become a wonderful photographer. So uh -huh. we talk about art quite a bit and I right. get a little more informed about sports. So it's nice to have that communication back and forth. And I know you and your younger sister talk a lot about music and art. Yes. And there's quite a gap between the two of us. There's a 17 year age gap. But at this age that we are now, it, it doesn't seem like any age gap whatsoever. But I, I remember when I was basically graduating from high school and heading off to art school, uh, she was a, a tiny baby. And so when she was about four years old, then I started encouraging her to practice art and we would do art projects together. But then her leanings went more toward the music world. And she's just a 
wonderful vocalist, a great musician, and now a high school counselor with a love of art and music. Uh, I think a close-knit family is very important in growing up in the arts and support from, from parents and things like that. I, I see a lot of kids that want to be artists, and uh, it really helps if the parents are supportive. And oh, it definitely is. Right. Our, our holidays gifts would, for me, were all art or music centered, you know, classical guitar one year when I was about 12, uh, professional watercolors and the proper materials and papers and then uh, wood carving tools, that sort of thing. Those were my Christmas presents. And I just cherish, cherish them so much. Uh, do you remember being influenced at all by friends of the family, uh, students, fellow students, mm -hmm. you saw somebody doing something, uh, drawing or painting that I would like to do that, or was it kind of a slower climb, so to speak? Um, I think when I really started feeling like I could be an, an artist, would be toward freshman high school and a very, very influential art teacher at that time, Mrs. Morris, again, in Southern Ohio. And she was a very progressive art teacher. And she would take us to the Cincinnati Art Museum in field trips. And we would go through all the antiquity departments, the modern art department. And every Friday, she would uh, recite notes in art history, and we would basically copy them verbatim in these spiral ring notebooks. And you would think, well, what are you going to remember by doing that? You do remember quite a bit by taking those notes. And that then pushed me into being exposed and, and influenced by artists such as uh, Georgia O'Keeffe and Pablo Picasso and all of the biggies, you know, all the big ones in that time period. And we those notes carried us all the way through ancient Roman art all the way through to um, contemporary art, pretty much, because I ended up taking the art course in high school for four years, and it was very in-depth. It was a college prep type situation, but it was, instead of going the music route, which was popular back then, I ended up going the art route. So four years in the art room, that's where I pretty much lived. So I was lucky that way too. Uh, I know that music was important to you, uh, as it was to me. Um, I think you're the only person I know that has seen the Beatles and uh, <laughs> you kind of had almost like a front row seat to them. Uh, <laughs> since that always wows me, I talk a little bit about that. It's, it's part of art. I mean, for me, listening to the Beatles, I wanted to make people feel like that, but with art. So Tell us a little bit about your, 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 your Beatles thing. <laughs> okay. So my Beatles thing, oh boy, that was, that was quite the experience. And this was in uh, Cincinnati at Crosley field, which is no longer there. Very, very exciting. But leading up to that, I was so such a Beatle maniac. And so I learned to play guitar and I organized a folk singing group with my girlfriends. And so we would, we would sing, we would sing all sorts of folk songs and Beatles songs and perform at high school talent shows and musicals, that sort of thing. And then in the art room, I would do portraits, of course, of the Beatles and all of the British uh, 
<laughs> Mersey artists and all of those That'd people. The British invasion. The British right? invasion. And so, and then I would dress, you know, the fashion, the Carnaby Street fashion. I had the empire dresses and the iron, iron my hair and the long bangs. And definitely everything was centered around uh, British design and, and that, uh, and the musical art at that time. So yeah, that definitely influenced me. And it kind of led me in the direction, you know, speaking of the Carnaby fashion designs, that when I graduated from high school, I ended up going to a community college in the area. And the reason I ended up at a community college is because during my exam, I was accepted into Ohio State, but during my medical exam, they discovered a um, uh, heart murmur, pretty severe heart murmur. Mm -hmm. And I ended up at 19 years old having to um, go to a community college so that I would be close at home to go to Columbus, Ohio for and, and all <laughs> operations, but open heart surgery. So that was pretty influential too. <laughs> that slowed yeah, me down yeah, quite yeah. a bit. Um, of course, I bounced right right back out of it. But you know, at 19 years old to go through something like that, they actually did it at a children's hospital, which I thought was weird because I thought I was an adult. But obviously, they were going to do it uh, there. The surgeon, this surgeon, was based at the Children's Museum, and he was one of the best, Doctor Surak. And little did I know when he was doing that and talking with me and operating on me, he lived right in Columbus, Ohio, and had an extensive, and I'm talking heavy hitting art collection of modern artists. Mm. He had the Paul Clays. He had, you know, Picasso. He had the art. He was an art collector and an art lover. And it, I didn't know this until I went to University of Cincinnati. And again, the instructors took us on a field trip to the Cincinnati Art Museum and also to a private home. And we get in there and I'm looking around and I realized that that home was Dr. Surak's home and he had opened it up for college students to tour. And that just was so uh, of course, he wasn't there and he would never remember me, but I was so impressed that he ended up being this heavy hitting art collector. His collection now has been donated to the Cincinnati Art Museum. Oh, wow. But uh, I, I don't you think that's kind of a coincidence or or just a oh, synchronicity? I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I believe in coincidences so uh -huh. much, as, you know, you you're open to these things because you're already thinking of yourself as an artist or a maker or a creator, and that's what you're happy in. But we're all waiting about the Beatles story here, as am I. Uh, well, so why don't you tell us that you won that ticket, right? Oh, I did. So yeah, I guess the I guess the art collection made more of an impression on me. And the Beatles. I did. went down that route than the than the Beatles did, to tell you the truth. Oh, it was so play. personal. It was so. Uh, you know, all about me at that point. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did win the ticket. Uh, it was rained out. The concert was rained out and we had to go back the next day. And I almost didn't get to go back, but I did. And it was it was, of course, thrilling. Definitely thrilling. And I think that was the next to the last concert they ever did, except for Abbey Road. OK, 
right. you would know. You would know that. Yes, I, I probably should, would know. But anyway, thank you for letting us know that about the Beatles. It always impressed me very much. Uh, and uh, so you are now, you had your art operation and you went to a community college. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Okay, yeah. So I, I started at community college after thinking I was going to go to Ohio State Art Department, but that's okay. I stayed at the community college right close to town. I did that for two years and I have a big believer in students starting out at community colleges because the it's just, I, I ended up getting to know my professors really well and it was very um, comforting to be closer to home of course during that time. I ended up getting into a little bit of drama, drama classes, which was kind of strange, but I really enjoyed that. I also ended up with a lot of uh, choral classes with singing, but I didn't have any art classes. So when that oh, two years, no, they did not have a, an art department other than the drama and the music. But after the two years were finished, I was able to easily transfer then to University of Cincinnati right into their art department <clears throat> and have all of my basic classes, all the English and the math and all that stuff out of the way and mm -hmm. dig right in. But I made a crazy decision then. And of course, this is back to that Carnaby Street fashion. I ended up, I thought I want to be a fashion designer. That's what I thought I wanted to do. And <clears throat> so I was accepted into that program and I started it. And sure enough, when you're taking a design project, when you um, take a design class or even an architecture, if you start out as a beginning student, they do require some foundations in the fine art world, you know, the drawing and different classes like that. So I took a drawing. I, one of my requirements was a drawing class in the fine arts department. And so I took that fine art drawing class and then I was hooked. And the very next year I transferred into the uh, fine arts studio department okay. and, and went through that and just great, great time doing that. I know that you spent uh, years as a designer and uh, uh, things like that. Was that part of the journey? I know you worked in, as an interior designer. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. So my, of course, I, I finished up with a Bachelor of Fine Arts from University of Cincinnati. And uh, my majors were drawing and printmaking. And so uh, I really give a shout out to my printmaking teachers. They really influenced me. And my college experience down there was very, very um fulfilling, you know, beautiful studios. They call it the Design Art and Architecture Building. And I recently went back there to give a, uh, a lecture to the art students there. Uh -huh. And that was a big thrill. But um, after I was away from University of Cincinnati and graduated, later on, when I moved to Michigan, and I ended up working at a, uh, an, an interior design store, uh, kind of a, I'm going to call it more like a fine general store up in East Tawas. Mm -hmm. And the owners then sent me to Delta to quickly finish up my interior design associates degree. And since I already had the bachelor's, it didn't take long to finish that up. But uh, the design classes, of course, I really enjoyed it. When you're a fine artist, design is right there with you. Yeah. 
you know, it's, it's part of your interest. So I was really uh, uh, good at it and enjoyed it. Did you have a a very intuitive sense of design that uh, uh, you could feel something was right without putting rules and labels on it, but you had an an instinct about Mm -hmm. design? Yeah, I, I I feel like I do have that instinct. I think I think others, a lot of people, if you have that instinct, you just kind of know it and people will will let you know that you have that. But it it uh, your designs come about fairly effortlessly and naturally. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a really uh, for me, the way I work. Yeah, uh, I know I experienced uh, I had a good sense of design early on. And then when I went to college, all of a sudden I found out all these rules and it kind of messed me up for a while. You know, <laughs> I, I was trying to follow the rules in my heart. And so later on, I mixed the two together. So that's why I kind of asked that particular question. Right, uh, right. In that time, early on in your early 20s, what was your medium of choice? Okay, so in my college days, my medium of choice was printmaking, lithography in particular. I really enjoyed working on the thick slabs of limestone and, you know, grinding down the ghost image off of that and then drawing into it and then printing. I like that whole um, that whole process was very physical. You're using forklifts to lift up these heavy stones and you're using chemicals and it's very scientific. And I, I enjoyed that. At that same time, the other forms of printmaking, the etching and wood blocks came in too. So that uh, that became a true love. Now, the drawing portion, I did work in graphite and mm-hmm. my specialty was um, taking photographs around Cincinnati of these huge mansions and then abstracting them um, with lots and lots of pattern. And I know one of my big assignments was, I'm sure everybody has their favorite college assignments, but one was uh, the subject was shoes. Okay, so shoes. And I found a big roll of drawing paper, probably about three foot tall by about six foot long. And I did these huge shoes on it these old beat up shoes, a row of them. And they were very rhythmical and lots, again, lots of patterns, lots of beat up leather look. Was this a drawing? This was a drawing. It was a drawing and it was, I I really had fun doing it and it kind of served the purpose, but it kind of lined up with pop art at the time, you know, Klaus Oldenburg, where he would enlarge ordinary objects to a huge size. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I was doing a takeoff of. Um, but it worked out really well as a drawing. And the other fun thing I did was I, I'm kind of a collaborator and organizer. I like to get people together and I like to have them do things as a group. So I had this wild idea that we would, uh, this group of college students would do the longest drawing in the world. And so I had a huge, huge roll of paper and I would take it to the student union and spread it out on long tables and people would come by and draw on it. And my my goal was to throw this drawing off of the top of a new building at the college, Brody Tower uh, at UC, throw it out the window and 
have it swirl all the way down to the ground. It didn't work that way. I, to tell you the truth, I can't remember how far down it got, but, but that, those are the kind of goofy things that I really like to do is collaborate with people. I really love it. (laughs) Uh, Do you still like to do that these days? Um, Collaborate with people? Oh yeah, I sure do. I sure do. We've collaborated on a couple paintings. And yes, we that. did. And yes. It was always a lot of fun. Right. Um, right. Uh, so then you, when you got out of school, tell us a little bit how you, in your 20s, early 30s, what kinds of things did you do? Did you, did you think you were destined to be a professional artist? Uh, was it something you did on the side? Was it something you were always thinking about? I know this, that uh, uh, a lot of people that I've taught uh, would would quit for 10, 15 years while they were raising a family and things like Mm -hmm. that, and then go back into it. Did you have one of those kind of breaks or were you steadily uh, creating art all that time? I did have some breaks in the action, but it, it, it didn't end up being total breaks because every time... I would move, I would set up a room or something where I would do art. And that would be, a. I would call it my studio. Right. And so I ended up in Michigan, probably about uh, four years after I graduated from college. And in between that, I had been working for a printing company. So even though it was a commercial printing company, for me, it still felt like I was in the art world. Sure. And so whatever they would do, they would have me do the displays for their waiting room, you know, things like that. And I would I would take that full tilt or they would have me um, talk with the advertising agencies about subtle design changes. I was my title was director of marketing. So I was to dream up all the the campaigns on how to get the word out on this printing company. But I ended up dealing mainly with controlling deadlines and working with the uh, production manager. So um, it wasn't a full on art related job, but I remember when I interviewed for the job, I took my portfolio, which is really funny now that I think about it, because this is a commercial printing offset printing company and they wanted somebody in marketing. And so here I show up with all of these lithos and wood blocks and, and they probably thought, you know, why is she even bringing these here? Now, the, uh, the, the owner who interviewed me was very, very gracious about it. But when I think about that now and the more experience I have with actually uh, interviewing folks for jobs and that sort of thing, I realized that was probably pretty crazy. But I think it showed to him my enthusiasm for printmaking. And that's why I got the job. So it was kind of a, a new company. So they were ready, ready to take a risk on it. So then when I moved to Michigan, I ended up with the same sort of job up in uh, northern Michigan. But again, I turned a little sunroom into my studio and, and this and that. But I have to say, by, when my son was born, I did slow down quite a bit, quite a bit with the art making. And so I get it when people say they take a break. They really do. It wasn't until he was about three years old then um, that I I really went in full force with the art. And that came about by going to uh, 
uh, an art group, joining an art group. It was basically on at Wordsmith Air Force Base. They were encouraging um, community members, which I was, to join up with their uh, officers' wives up there. And there was a an art club formed. And I met a wonderful friend, uh, Diane Lansbury-Williams, who is a contemporary artist in Omaha, Nebraska now. And she and I um, clicked, I guess you would call it. And we rented a studio space. And to rent that studio space, we added picture framing to bring the money in. And then we were just happy as larks in there painting away. I was working in oil and she was working in watercolor. Okay. Uh, so did you, was it a store as well where you could buy your work? And it ended like? up that it was a retail store with retail gallery, I'll say retail gallery with a frame shop. Um, we had our drawing tables and easels kind of next to each other. And so when people would visit the uh, store, they would see us working and we accomplished quite a bit there. We got into many juried shows in the area. I remember I was in the mid-Michigan down, down in Midland, where we are now, um, up at the Jesse Besser Museum in Alpena. Uh-huh. And so we we kind of did the circuit, let's, you know, from Michigan for juried shows and also the art fairs. We did some great art fairs together. One of them was at the um, uh, Edsel and Eleanor Ford Mansion down in Detroit. It was just, oh, a, wow. wow, that was a fun one. Um, and then, uh, of course, the uh, Midland Center for the Arts Summer Art Fair. We would do that. Sure. How did you like doing art fairs? I liked it for the uh, kind of the excitement of meeting all the people. I'm definitely a people person. So I I liked that part of it, more the social part, you right. know, of the art fairs. Sales were never. Oh, I was so hit and miss. It could be feast or famine. You know, the chance of getting awards, feast or famine. But uh, I liked it. But the but the weather and the lifting and the hauling of the artwork. Finally, I've pretty much pretty much put that tent or taken that tent down. (laughs) It is a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I did art fairs for a little while. And after a while, I thought I controlled the weather because it was always raining when I did an art fair. Oh, boy. To save humanity of of, of floods and things like that. Doing art fairs altogether. Oh, my gosh. And I think the heat was probably the worst type of weather. Well, the wind, of course, that's number one. But the the heat sometimes where the artists would just throw water balloons at each other because we were just burning up. I mean, crazy, crazy fun times, but yeah, it's a challenge. Definitely. Then what happened to end that uh, project with you and Diane? Did somebody move or did? Yeah. So then uh, she, her husband was transferred out to Omaha to the base was, out there. He was in the air force. In the air force. Yes. And so she, moved and I ended up moving the um, framing and gallery to uh, East Tawas, Michigan, for all you Michiganders out there and yeah. kind of a tourist town on the on Lake Huron. And I had a beautiful, beautiful studio. It was wonderful. Um, but I ended up one Christmas Eve thinking, you know, I'm a one person show here. If something 
needs to be delivered, I'm the one that delivers it. If something needs to be framed, I'm the one that does it. If something, if I want to paint, when does that happen? And so I, again, being a lover of collaboration, walked down the street to that interior design store I was talking about and asked the brothers who were owners there, hey, have you ever thought about adding an art department? And they kind of looked at me like, what? Have you ever thought about adding an art department here and having picture framing and having a gallery and this and that? And they said, well, well, how much space would you need? And I just kind of pointed out, I said, I need about this much room and just kind of drew it out for them. And they they thought about it for not, they didn't even think about it overnight. They said, yes, yes, we want to do that. And so then I became their art director for the next seven years. And we had a lot of success with that because there's there's power in having a support system around you. You know, they had a van to deliver. They had people to help me. So it was definitely the right move for me. I know you've told me many times about this place and uh, uh, how much you enjoyed working there. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I went there one time. I was during a show up in Tawas and I went yes. there and I just mentioned you and they just all went crazy. Oh, my oh. God. No, oh, she was the best. And, yeah. You know. So, yeah, the O'Connor's Pendleton shop up in East Tawas, Michigan. Beautiful store. And uh, John and Tim up there. We were we would go to High Point every year together to pick out the furnishings and the um, the decor accessories. And then I would do different art projects up there. And it was just a great, great collaboration. Loved it. Miss it. Okay. So then things happened with your life. And uh, next thing you ended up moving to Midland, Michigan. Tell us a little bit about that and why things drove you to Midland, Michigan. Yeah. So then, of course, I had definite life changes, basically uh, went through a divorce. And but going through a divorce with with our son, I wanted to stay within a certain radius of that area in Michigan where I was from. So I drew a big circle and Midland and Bay City happened to fall in that circle. They were within two hours drive. And I thought, okay, well, let's check this out. So we. We checked out Bay City and we checked out Midland and my son, who was around a junior in high school at that time, uh, was the school system here would have tours for the students who were moving. And one of the high schools, Dow High School, they treated him like a rock star on this tour. It was amazing. They took him all around. He uh, he played the trumpet. They they auditioned him for the band and this and that. So it was an easy sell for us to move to Midland. And it was a very um, natural move. We found a place which we're still living in. We found a home right away. And so now for 20 years, I've been in this home, the same home. And it just I, I moved in with you at some point. You did move in with me at some point because, OK, the reason I was so happy that Midland fell into it. Midland is known for for the arts. Midland Center for the Arts is a was a place that I really, really wanted to get a job at. And the uh, library, the Grace A. Down Memorial Library, had a beautiful art section. So Midland for me was the perfect spot as well as for my son. So immediately after I moved, I believe I answered an ad 
for uh, art teacher at the Midland Center for the Arts. Mm -hmm. And guess who was in charge of that department? I have no idea. Oh, it was me. <laughs> it yes, was you. Right. It was you. So that's remember, how, that's how we met, wasn't it? So. Yes, it was. And so everything was effortless. It just happened. It was so right. crazy. So crazy. I remember one thing that uh, from your resume, uh, you did you study with Irving? Uh, Shapiro. I or? did study with Irving Shapiro in Chicago, and, and you happened to see that on my resume. So that right. was I was I taught at the uh, American <laughs> Academy of Art for a while, and uh-huh. he was a really big, big yeah. I think he had passed away by the time I started there, but that's the kind of thing that I noticed, and all of a sudden, wow, you know, that's right. And, uh, and, uh, and oh then, yeah, yeah. I, I give that advice when I talk to young artists uh, as far as their artist uh, bios and their CVs, write down the names of the artists you study with because you never know who that's going to connect with. And also write down the names of the jurors who jury the art shows. It really beefs up your CV. So right. yeah. I give that advice a lot because it does work. And it worked well, for me because then you hired me. I hired you. Well, I hired you because of uh, your enthusiasm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you were just, uh, and still are, just a beautiful person inside now. So, oh, but yeah. at that time, you know, I was going through some stuff too, but I didn't have, you know, you're not going to hire somebody and get married right away. No, 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 no. <laughs> it took no. two weeks or three. No, no it <laughs> took a while. That's, you no, know, but because, you know, it's, it's yeah. really not something that to talk about here, but you know, one thing led to another and uh, we ended up uh, getting married. So uh, you were teaching uh, adults and children at the center? Adults had, and children. Started out with teaching children, moved into adults, uh, teaching, um, what were some of the classes I taught? Mixed media. I taught something called Art in the Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, we taught a wonderful experimental drawing class together. Yes, we did. Yes. That is something we should think about doing again. At some I point. think we only taught it once, maybe twice. I, th- and I think so. It was part of the the class that I was teaching, uh, uh, and it was like a three year class at the center for drawing. I think it was a segment of it, but that yeah, went the really art school of drawing. Yeah, I, I, people still come to me today. That was so you know uh, because you know we're a little different and <laughs> right, we're different. I kind of brought the very abstract element in. And we're different on critiquing, too. Very different. Um, but I think that's what led up to this particular show, Art Ladders and all that. Oh, yeah. That we do. We do. I think we seem to be more different than we really are. Though I think the nucleus of our of our love for art and what we what we want out of it is very close. Right. Right. I I, I like the differences. I think it it. um for the students taking classes from us and the different projects that we work on, it gives two different perspectives. And I think art really needs that, you know, to cover all the bases. Now, when we do agree on something, then it's pretty powerful. It's pretty, uh, you know, that is something that we both see and that's pretty strong in a critique. 
but uh, but there are variations and there are different ways. There's different what ifs for everything. And we bring both to the table. So I'm, I'm going to switch over to a big project that we started. First, we you and I got a studio downtown. Right. And right. Why don't you talk a little bit about this? You know, by that time we were we were engaged, I think. OK. Oh, golly. Yeah. So we ended up with a studio down on uh, Main Street. Beautiful place. And that probably lasted maybe two or three years. Um, And while we were there, I feel like we did produce a lot of work. It was an upstairs gallery. So pretty steep stairs. Very steep. Yeah. yeah, so it's pretty hard to get equipment and everything up and down. It wasn't impossible, but that got to be a little bit a little bit much. And it started happening that we just enjoyed working right at home a little bit more. I'm I'm the type of person that can make a studio space out of just about anything. And so I would drag supplies back and forth. And was spending more time here and we had converted our garage into a studio. So uh, mm. we kind of outgrew. I guess we, I'm going to say we just outgrew that space downtown. Um, it wasn't really a fitting spot for retail either, mainly because no. of the, the stairs. People just couldn't get up and down. And so <clears throat> it didn't fulfill my dream, which my dream has always been to have a live and workspace on a main street in a really cute shopping area. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it would be everything right there. Haven't had that experience yet, but someday, who knows? Someday maybe that'll right. happen. Sure, sure. I think that'd be a great um, combo. I also want to cover, uh, let's talk a little bit about, about our venture into Art Prize from your perspective. Oh, okay. Because we did that for 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, when we have these podcasts, these podcasts, folks out there listening to this, a lot of you are artists and a lot of you are wanting to know more about different types of things to promote yourself, different things to do. So um, a little over 10 years ago, this project came up in, in Michigan called Art Prize. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it. And it was so big. It was like $250,000 to the prize winning artist. It had never been done before. And I remember seeing that pop across Facebook and I went, oh my gosh. And it was the very first year. We got to get in on this. I remember going. I didn't believe you, did I? You didn't believe me. I said, we got to get in on this. And and you're like, like, that's not really real. I said, no, it's happening. And I'm doing it. I'm doing it no matter what. And I said, and you were still kind of him and on. And then finally you said, okay, okay, I'm in. Because we could, we did it individually. I didn't have to have, neither one of us had to have the other person do it. But it was just fun to do it together because we could share a hotel and, and all of the kind of fun things that go along with it. So mm-hmm. I ended up doing a collaboration with a, a musician from the Midland Symphony, the harpist, Jackie Henninger. And she played a contemporary art piece. And then I created artwork to go with it. And we had performances and everything. And that first year down there was absolute 
in Grand Rapids magic because yeah. it had never been done before. And I think uh, everybody was so fired up. The crowds were amazing. They ran out of food at all the restaurants. It was just, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. And they, I remember each uh, venue had very, very strong art in it. And when you were walking down the street, what impressed me is the audience, the people coming into Grand Rapids, everybody was talking about art. You know, you'd see two businessmen walking in front of you and they would be talking about, oh, did you see the art museum yet? Oh, you've got to see this piece, that piece. And for me, that was so energizing to hear people really, really making art the focus, you know, sports, a big focus, you know, it's always big, but this time it was like art was the Super Bowl. It was just fun to be around it. What do you remember about that energy that was happening down there that first year? Oh, I thought it was very magical. As you said, that first year was, you didn't know what to expect. And Mm -hmm. and people, you know, when you're in a gallery situation, you have an opening you know, people will come, but they're mostly concentrating on getting to know each other and, and having their wine and all this yes. kind of stuff. But here they were looking at your work. And I think we started kind of being by our works a little bit to talk about that. Right. And have people come up to me and talk to me about my work with questions and opinions and that that never happened. So mm-hmm. that's that was my take on it. The first five years were very magical the first five years definitely and then it wasn't that it you know turned bad but I think in my case we were start I was concentrating too much on art prize so the kind of work I was doing I was like oh is this going to do good at art prize and I don't know if that was healthy at the time but you know it worked out you know yeah and I I um ended up in very wonderful venues Um, one of them, St. Cecilia's music um, venue, which led to a one person show. So there were opportunities that would come up out of these, or I'd meet a corporate art designer and she might use my work or uh, place my work somewhere. So you do make connections. It's all about the network. And so I found it very, very worthwhile. Um, I didn't go back this last year. No. And I don't know if, uh, I think it's going to happen again this year. They're kind of getting back in the groove again. But if anybody would ask me, should I do it? I would say, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Because you never know who's going to see your work or who, where it's going to end up. Or if it could lead to another one person show somewhere. Sure. So I would definitely recommend it. It gave a lot of art energy. No, we never did a collaborative. We never even thought about that. Oh, for our prize? No, no. But we were in the same gallery one. Oh, that was a beautiful one, too. That was the Calvin College. That was really nice. And it was on division, and it was just a beautiful space. And I had been trying to get into that venue for about two years before that. And this time, it just hit. I put up uh, Athena's Domain, which uh, I've been showing on my Instagram page recently because it was showing over at Creative 360. But uh, it just, the curator just clicked. I mean, it was the minute I put it up, he he called me. And yeah. that's when you get feedback or response like that, it gives you a lot of confidence, a lot of confidence. Now, I know you got into that venue. And then uh, I think I called him about seven times to let me in the venue. But oh, yeah. 
there's always a big hesitation on it. And finally, I don't know if I paid him off or what. I don't know if I said, hey, can you get my husband in here? No. <laughs> but, you know, we ended up right next to each other on the walls. There. Yeah, yeah, was that was exciting. funny. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, for me, I don't know if I'll do it again. Maybe. I don't have anything particular against it. I just, uh, uh, you know, well, things happen in the world and, you know, those were reactions too. So, um I'm going to ask you a couple questions about what you're doing now and the kind of medium you're using and what is in the future for you as far as a fine arts is concerned. And I also want you to address uh, teaching a little bit. Oh, wow. As well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me uh, kind of combine all that together because um, the mediums I'm working on now, uh, uh, acrylic of course i am a certified working artist for golden acrylics they're based in new berlin new york did a residency there recently and in 2019 and i've been with them since 2005 so i'm a teaching artist for them uh, trained in all of their products and that opportunity in 2005 i really pushed through and i grabbed that i was very proactive and and I'm so glad I did because it's turned into this wonderful, uh, again, collaboration with materials and art. So uh, I also work in encaustic, in and that came about around the same time, 2005. I went out to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and did a, an immersive encaustic class with the artist Paula Rowland, which led to me then purchasing a um, a huge. Uh, they call it a hot box, which is kind of a funny name, but basically it's boxes filled with light bulbs that heat up and heat a metal plate that you can then pour wax on or draw with wax on top of it and, and pull encaustic monotypes. And so that is a favorite because it's so spontaneous and I can work either uh, additive or subtractive and back and forth with the wax. And also, I work a lot with mixed media, with collage. And collage is kind of my go-to as my idea generator. It generates ideas for me, and then I can complete the paintings from that. So a lot of materials. I'm a little bit of a hoarder on materials. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of figure out what the heck I'm going to do with all those materials the rest of my life. But that's that. And use, then, them use them I'm, up. Use them up. I'm gonna I'm gonna use them up. And teaching wise, uh, I've taught at several community colleges in the area, um, Delta, Northwood, which is actually a university, uh, Kirtland Community College, Alpena Community College. So those classes were very interesting. I don't do that anymore. I teach uh, either privately or through nonprofit art centers. Now, I've recently um, left a nonprofit curator job, Studio 23, loved it, did that for, golly, how long? Was it five years? Or at least. I think it was five years. I uh, was a curator, enjoyed working with all the artists, got all the collaborations out of my system because it was just, that's what we did. We kind of prided ourselves on collaboration. And... Um, I've taught there uh, too. So but, they have a really good 
um, teaching program at Studio 23. Yes, they do. They do have a good, great teaching program. And then the pandemic hit. And with Golden, I had to quickly switch from in-person lectures to Zoom lectures. So I became pretty adept at giving lectures via Zoom. And I've I've really tried to keep up with the technology on that because now it has led to a new class that I'm introducing called Abstraction Now, which is a five-week series on abstraction via Zoom classes. And enrollment is open now, and it will be going on until March 13 for early bird pricing. And the class will start March 16. It's a Wednesday night, six to eight. So, you know, I did a uh, short webinar that people can see on Facebook on our Art Ladders Facebook page of a mini class. You can watch it and see if my style fits your style or if you like what you're hearing and you want to take it, you can sign up there. So that's kind of where my teaching is heading now to online. And then I may take that focus to uh, shorter retreats, in-person retreats as things open up, which it's looking good now. I feel pretty confident folks are going to open back up to live classes. Okay. Well, I think there's room for both. I mean, I think there's room oh, for yeah. classes because you can reach a wider audience and stay at home and do this. And obviously getting together is a very important thing too. I do want to ask you about abstraction. I always envied you a little bit because you're such a wonderful abstractionist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get myself stuck, you know, in drawing trees and stuff. And like, you know, I've, but being an abstractionist isn't something that, uh, I think it's something everybody should experience. I think mm-hmm. those kinds of voices are in us, but then to produce interesting abstraction, I think it takes a little bit of, uh, uh, being a student of it and so i think taking a class like yourself with yourself is is just wonderful to do that kind of thing uh, i'm always interested in abstraction sometimes i even threaten to go there but <laughs> i for me it came very naturally and i again i'm going to go back to that studying of art history because i went through classical foundation classes in college um, so the realism, I, I can do realism. I, I love sometimes to just go there. Uh, I haven't recently though, but even in realistic work, you're going to have, uh, different areas of abstraction and different ways you use the principles of art. The principles of art go back and forth between abstraction and realistic art. So I like to think of myself as working intuitively in the beginning working intuitively when I'm starting an artwork and then moving into intentional design decisions. So then I go into my design training and bring that forward to my abstraction. And then I'm uh, using both, basically it's both sides of your brain at that point, the intuitive right brain and the intentional left brain and putting it together as an abstraction. And for me, the exciting part about abstraction is creating an image that has never been seen before. But when you think about it, all art is like that with a, with your, you know, the hand of the artist, nobody can recreate it again. So yeah, I always speak to my students about abstraction is 
if you own a great abstract piece, it it's new every morning you get up. You mm -hmm. see different things there. You feel differently about it. With realism, you'll see the still life or whatever. It, it's not it's not bad. It it just is. It's just the way it is. And the freedom of abstraction, both as an artist and a viewer, is really tempting at times. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so. Yeah. Now you're also doing some residencies. Yeah, I'll be heading out to uh, Port Austin uh, first two weeks in June and doing a two week residency out there. I'm going to be working with the community and they will uh, will be collecting colors, the palette of Port Austin. And I'm really interested in coming up with a palette to work with to do some finished artwork. And then there'll be an exhibition culminating at the end of that. And you can see all, you know, I'll post all of this on my Facebook and Instagram because folks might like that drive out there. It's a beautiful drive. And then, of course, in August, you and I head to Golden Apple. That's right. It's a wonderful place there. And yes. I'm, I'm truly excited about it. That's right. So we're going to also be doing some teaching out there as well. So yes, we are. We're both exciting. teaching there. I'll do a printmaking class with their brand new printing press. And you'll be doing a class on... Uh, Drawing in nature. Yeah. So a lot's I, uh, going on. So we need to wrap this up or else it's going to be a two-parter, Val. You got so many stories. Oh, no. So no, I things, am. You know, I talk about yeah. there. And uh, I have to say that uh, I admire you greatly as an artist. And uh, Thank you. You know, just your, your demeanor. You know, people always think of me as the grouchy one. <laughs> don't know why. Uh, look at you know, me. <laughs> But, you know, that's a great balance, uh, I think, for us. And yeah. it really works well. Well, uh, thank but, you. But you're, you are an, an amazing artist. We talk about a lot, about art a lot. And that's kind of how uh, Art Ladder started. We wanted that's to right. Yeah, well, so. thank you. Thank you. Uh, for thank you so much yeah. for uh, joining me in our show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And thank you. And I hope the audience has a little bit more. Of, of what I'm up to later on, we'll be doing an interview in the future with Armin. So we'll uh, learn a little bit more about what he does. And, uh, and if you have any questions for Val, just post them on art ladders and uh, about classes or anything of that nature. And uh, again, one more time, thank you. And uh, thank you guys out there and in, 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 in uh, listening to our, our show and, if you would only mention it to one person, it'll grow our audience. We really want to stick with this show. We love doing it. We have some great interviews. Uh, be sure to check out the one we did before this with Robert Sheffman out of Detroit, amazing artist, and it was a great podcast. So thank you for joining us uh, today. And, uh, uh, you know, in the future, Val's going to be interviewing me and then we'll interview each other and no, just that's about it no. so uh, okay well thank you so much thank you for listening you can find our past and future episodes at anchor.fm spotify and apple podcast be sure to follow us on our facebook page art ladders the creative climb with valerie allen and armin mersman Special thanks to our producer, Taylor Kramer of Cold Shower Media. And check out our websites, ValerieAllenArt.com, Armin Mersman, 
www.thinkingdad.com. Stay creative, stay curious, and we'll see you next time.